Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. It's like no television you've ever seen, and similar to every podcast you have ever heard. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano. With me, as always, is my good friend Ryan. Mike, thank you so much for having me. I'm not sure how you would do it without me. I don't. You rely on me for everything. I really do. It's crazy. I have to give all of the analysis. I have to give all of the color commentary. And I also have to come change your bandages every time you ring your little bell. Mm -hmm. And look, man, I get it. Gangrene is rough. I didn't know it still existed. My skin is very rough. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you out with your gangrenous state. Thank you. But... Do you think that we could bring a third person on? So maybe I do analysis and bandage change, and somebody mm. else does color commentary, and you just sit there and do nothing. Or and do I really have washing. to do all three of them? Well, I'm the one who says we should take a break. This bandage is a little oozy. Yeah. And then your whole thing about like dogs' mouths are 10 times more clean than a human's mouth. So dogs' mouths will clean mm-hmm. my gangrene wound. Like you just bring a dog in to lick it all good. And I need dogs often. See, at least you're not the dog wrangler. I guess that's true. That's Kevin's job. That is Kevin's job. Kevin, the chihuahua died. We do need another dog. Get a bigger one this time. Yeah, something that can just do it so we don't have to hold the dog up to the yeah, wound. Yeah, just have it. Get a big one. Get one of those big, a mastiff. Is there a thing that, uh, is there a topic that will make you stop eating? Like if it gets brought up in conversation, like. While we are eating? While we're eating. Like we're, we're both eating cereal right now and you have to stop because gangrene got brought up not gangrene uh maggots maggots are maggots are rough they're a rough one there's so many things that like i guess it's mostly at family dinners or or family dinners or business dinners that people go i'm sorry you're eating that doesn't bother me and it's stuff like gangrene but if they start talking about maggots or like deep penetrative sex fly is one of my favorite animals because the reason that all animals reproduce is because babies are so cute Flies are gross, and somehow maggots, the baby version, are grosser than that. So fucking gross. And flies aren't... A uh, fly could lay into my soup, and I'll eat this soup. Oh, you will? If it flies away. Will you make some sort of backstroke joke? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, always right there. No, I like to change it up. Oh, he's, he's doing the... the f- what's the frogger one? Okay, so no. If you're going to make the joke, have the term in your head already. Well, in real life, I could. You're I'm like, just preparing. Oh, I'm alt comedy. I don't make the backstroke joke. I make the joke about the other swim move. The You don't have it with you, dude. You're not ready for it. You got my cutting commentary on alt comedy and why it's the worst. Tell a goddamn joke, you fucking hoodie wearing new balancing on your feet lazies. All com- comedians are the first comedians to balance on their feet. I think that's very cool. It's weird. Yeah. How did everybody else do it? That stool? It's called stand-up. You should Just know stand how to stand-up. Up. I did see uh, Bill Cosby before we knew he was the worst. Uh, I think he's the first stand-up I ever saw. And he he came out and there was a stool there. And even though he was like 80 at the time, it looked like he really didn't want to sit on it. So he just had his hand there and just got lower and lower and lower. And then finally when he was looked like some sort of mechanic inspecting the stool, that's when he went, oh, fuck it. I'm going to sit on the stool. Yeah. Did the stool have two tennis balls in the first two legs? Mm-hmm. That's how you know someone's old. You old. Yeah. You used to play tennis, but now you use it to make your shit go smoother. How? Why do they put tennis balls on walkers? Why don't they just make it naturally glide? I think because fashion. Most people with walkers are able to walk. They're just saving up their energy for a tennis game. So mm. they like, they save up all day, and then they have one hour where they see a tennis game, and they grab those two tennis balls, they run, and they go play tennis. But Ryan, those balls now have holes in them. They're not going to bounce the same way. Oh, that's fine. Oh, what, are you going to make tennis worse? No. Tennis is always shitty. It'll is, be fine. Does anybody love tennis? I think there's a couple people who still watch. Probably Brits. Those GD Brits and their GD games. They have Wimbledon. Wimbledon. They bought. They traded Wimbledon with us in the Revolutionary War. We took the country. We gave them Wimbledon. And my God, they can have the country back. <laughs> and, <my laughs> and now they're Tennessee like, no, thank won. you. Do you know what's so infuriating? And I hate to do this because this is not the kind of show it is. Is it rant time? To watch them. Uh, rant man and the like, Well, we're going to Brexit. And then we look, they looked at it and most of them went, oh, no, nah, fuck that. I didn't realize you could say do over. Can we just be normal again? Why don't we get to be normal again? Did they redo Brexit? They made a lighter Brexit, and then the people, instead of fighting for it, quit. The guys who wanted super Brexit went, you're not Brexiting hard enough, and bailed. So a lighter Brexit, like less creamy. Yeah, not the full cereal, not the full scone, not the full half grapefruit, not the full pancakes. Just a little bit of grapefruit and a sip of the milk. I gotcha. So you can't name a one-second swim stroke, but you have all of your 
lighter diet foods on tap, ready to go. If there had been a bajillion commercials about swim strips as a kid, I could do that too. They also seem to to be the country that's the most pissed about Trump, and that's that's a hard competition. It seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot of them, but having gone through Brexit. There's, they seem like they're the ones who are like, no, fuck this guy yeah. for sure. No, we tried to do it too. We realized the error of our ways. Let's make a balloon. If I was them, because, and maybe this is just the American in me, I would start throwing jokes at us all the time. Like, you wanted to leave then, you dumb motherfuckers, but this is what you get. Because 300 years later, what I hate about Americans, and these days there's a lot. So five years ago, what I hated about Americans is when they'd be like, the French are weak back in W. W2, we saved their asses. That was like 80 years ago. You don't have fucking anything new to say? Well, now we have now we have the power to take away the term French fries. Mm. You know, we can you only eat freedom fries? Freedom fries, freedom kissing. I love freedom kissing. Freedom kissing Describe is Describe for the audience freedom kissing. All right, so, all of a sudden out of nowhere, your hands are full of sparklers. <laughs> and you move in close, right? And you stick out your tongue and you have a American flag tattooed on your tongue. Mm. Because if you don't have an American flag tattooed on your tongue, you're not a goddamn American. And instead of stars, each little star is a pepe. And then I believe you say, um, I can get you a better job than what you have. And then force kiss her. Mm-hmm. I think that's the typical American thing. Force kissing. And then uh, freedom kind of linguist is where you just spell out USA when you're down there with your tongue. Right. Over and over and over again. Which misses all of the good spots. That, those well, are the three worst letters you can do. If you stumble into it, you hit the exclamation point, and that hits the good parts over and over again. Wait, does that include butthole? <laughs> yep. Okay, good. Clip butthole. I just, just want to make sure we're on the same page. Sometimes you just skip it all and just interrobang over. <laughs> this is not that kind of show. This is the kind of show we don't want to look backwards. We want to look forwards, and that's why we're going to talk about The O.C., which ran from 2003 to 2007. That's the best thing about podcasting. You just say whatever you want and say, we don't want to look backwards. <laughs> that's in the past. Let's say new words. But this is our past. And Ryan, you want to get into it a little? Yeah, let's do it. Tonight on The O.C., Sandy's law firm is prosecuting Kirsten's company, deflating a lot of great sexual chemistry the two of them have going on. Meanwhile, Seth is loony over summer and not realizing how great Anna is. And Marissa needs Ryan to grow the fuck up. Because he is the one that she wants. Ooh, 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 honey. I don't think a kickoff carnival is the appropriate time to sing that song, Mike. Ryan, can an episode of The O.C. without Julie Cooper still sustain your need for constant drama? Is that rhetorical? No. I thought that was it. Are we going to the next segment? We can, but I need that. Do you want to take a break and then answer my question? After this... I'll let you know if an episode without Marissa Cooper can sustain our need for constant drama. Shut up. Okay. I was going to say, so you need me to host? You said Marissa Cooper. Oh. But then you were hosting so well, and I was like, oh, no, maybe he can do this alone, and I have to take care of my own gangrenous bandages. No, I'm still going to do the hosting, the analysis, the color commentary, and the bandages. As long as you do the bandages, I don't give a shit. You just sit there with your gangrene. And you know what's another thing about Brexit? It is actually the most important meal of the day. I like my lunch, I like my dinner, and I like my Brexit. And I like to eat my Brexit first. You are avoiding the question at hand, my friend. Oh, Julie Cooper? Ken? No, we even got Jimmy Cooper here. Hercules himself, but the great villain of the OC not to be seen. When Uh, you talk about Hercules, I think it's okay if you say Jimmy Cooper himself. I do not think the reverse is okay. No one remembers Hercules. No one has seen Hercules. Everybody has seen and remembers. Hercules is the Atlantis, the lost empire of our generation. Nobody even remembers that was a fucking movie. Yeah, no, everybody remembers. The, The only reason Atlantis isn't great is no songs. Hercules has a fuck ton of killer songs. Oh, really? From Zero to Hero? Just like that. Uh, I Can Go the Distance. Uh, Sung the, by Michael Bolton the, and you, Tate Donovan. The whole country is now so pro-Bolton. Are you telling me no? But not back then. They didn't know what they were sleeping on. There's the Muse songs, the intro song telling the whole tales of Hercules. And then the uh, later ones, there's the one where Meg or the, Ooh, I can't say I'm in love, Shuba. 
Let's, let's move on. You're being a jerky, at least. Have we gone into with the OCD audience that, uh, like, most Disney princesses all pale in comparison to the beauty that is Megara? I don't think so. Her name's Megara. Megara sounds is, like a monster that comes from the ocean. And his name is Herc. And that's when I oh, fell in love. Her goddamn voice. Herc. And her hairdo with the ponytail. The ponytail. Oh, the ponytail. All of it. So, okay. So, do you... Do you Dash on Hercules because of jealousy and or because you don't want to think of how in love with Meg you are and you are a married man. Julie Cooper at this point in the OC is not a staple and we don't need her. And I cannot believe the shit that she put us through in the last episode, mm-hmm. the mother intervention. This I, I didn't notice that she was gone. Later on down the road, like we're talking halfway through season two, mm-hmm. Julie Cooper's uh, disappearance would be obvious. Shocking. Yeah, it would be crazy. But right now... We're, we're still letting all of the chips fall where they may. What I really appreciate about this episode is that Julie Cooper, for the most part, and then for an episode or two, Caleb Nichols stirred the pot a lot. But now all of our principals are getting locked in to... You mean like Dr. Kim? Like Dr. Kim. She's just locked in and she's stirring the pot now. Uh, just manipulating the shit out of Marissa. being like, you know, this is your life. It'd be a shame if something happened to it because you didn't come to the carnival meeting. I'm just saying of all the principals, isn't she your favorite? Yes. No no principal is better than Dr. Kim, including the ones I've known in real life. Because, you know, her job, like what she does for a living, she's a principal. Mm-hmm. And I prefer principals. Okay, so you're friends with your principal? Yes. You had two friends, your lunch lady and your principal? Okay, don't tell half-truths here. I had one friend that was the lunch lady. The principal there did not like me. Uh, my first principal was named Teacher Paul. Cause I Teacher went to, Paul. I went to a weird hippie school in Pennsylvania, and all of the teachers were Teacher First name. And he wasn't even Principal Paul, which is way better. He was Teacher Paul, which means he got no respect. Which which Pennsylvania? What state is that in? What state is it? Uh-huh. The West West Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia is where you went. Yes. I understand. Okay. And I went to what is called Lansdowne Friends School, which is later I learned run by Quakers who make the oats. Wouldn't a better name for your school, instead of whatever the fuck it was called, like just be a very, very Scantron-based school called Pennsylvania? That would be much better. Wouldn't that have been better? If Zuck ran it, that's what it would be called. (laughs) Fuck Zuck. Fuck Zuck. That rhymes. That should be on a shirt, right? It should be on a shirt. The OCD. Fuck Zuck. Yeah, we'll sell a million. (laughs) What do they talk about? I don't know, but I'm into their messages. That's all on the back of the shirt? (laughs) Yeah. Just a whole dialogue. (laughs) All our principal cast is now, we've learned why they're good, and or Summer got good, and now they are all fucking up their own shit, which is awesome. We've gotten to know them enough that they can be shitty and ruin each other. At this point in the series, we have a bunch of characters running in and forming that sort of like cartoon fight cloud where you see limbs pop out of it every once in a while, Mm -hmm. and it just moves on down the street. Because this is the first day of school. Which gives us a quintessential Cohen family breakfast meetup. Sure. And bagels and coffee. Bagels and coffee with Sandy doing great dad work and the kind of thing you only realize when you are not 16 that your dad knows you're, he's being lame and is doing it to fuck with you. Because he says, you do look rad, son. Mad props. <laughs> he says mad props. He says mad props in the whitest way you could say mad props. He added extra letters there. Four Ds, five Ps. And then... Let's follow the parents for a while. Let's follow Sandy and Kirsten. Because there is some shit, Ryan. I don't even know where to begin. Do you need help? The beginning? The beginning. Okay. Their sweet makeout sesh? Yes. And then Sandy putting his foot right in his mouth instead of his wife's tongue back in his mouth and saying, I should have gotten an attractive coworker years ago. While you're about to have morning sex, Sandy. Look, we're all about the Sandy wisdom on this show, Mm -hmm. but I think that we have been alive and in relationships for long enough to not mention your Rachels of the world when you're making out with your smoke show of a wife. I get it, and it is hot because you are both work ready. It's not like you're just coffee breath or morning breath make out sex. Oh, they're ready to go to have a business day. They're about to both have separate days and went, nah. Look at each other. Look at you. Look at me looking at you. Let's do this. And Kiki's thinking, I am going to get over this Rachel thing, and I'm going to make him know it through physicality. And what does Sandy do? He brings up the fucking Rachel thing. Like some sort of wise guy from the Bronx. 
he's going to cut the tension and talk about it. And I get that impulse. I totally get that impulse. I think I'm 20 years younger than Sandy, but hopefully I've learned that lesson already. But I think that we are both gentlemen who uh, we try our best. We think that we do what's right. But we always think that we have a nice cutting remark Mm -hmm. that will not make things more tense, but cut the tension. Oh, shit, things are more tense than they have ever been. Or it's like, but wouldn't it be so funny if I did bring this up right now? He's like one of those old people who have two tennis balls in the front of their walker, and they grab them off, and they're like, tension anyone? That's what he's like. You have fun with words. And then Kirsten, Sandy's phone goes off, and he goes, Rachel, and one of the best Kirsten lines, she goes... How did she know? How did she know? That's super fucking funny. But when Sandy gets to the office and then sort of alludes to what was about to uh-huh. happen to Rachel, it seemed like Rachel did know. Yeah. How did Rachel know? Well, she put something in his nuts that when the semen starts to flow, she she gets an alarm. Do you know what I like in my nuts? Like little banana chips. Little, ew. Dried banana chips? No? Not like your me. cashews and your almonds? I love classic wet bananas. I do not want... Dried banana is the worst dried fruit there is. Okay, but there has to be some middle ground between dry banana, which is like banana chips, uh-huh. and wet banana, which is something I never want to experience. You chop it up, put it in a cereal bowl. No, that's just banana. Well, with the milk, there's wet bananas. Okay. So I guess in between, mid-bananas is just out of the peel. I think that we should just refer to it as mid-bananas. <laughs> mid-bananas, out of the peel, into your mouth. If somebody says banana to me now, I'm not going to know what they're talking about. You say mid-bananas, or you, you say nothing to me at all. mid-bananas, or you go banana. B-A-N-A-N-A. I'm only talking about one. That is true. And then you move on with your day. I hate a person who pluralizes when they're spelling, when they were not pluralizing in the beginning. Who would do that? Okay. Why would Just they Just monsters. Just monsters. Fucking monsters. So, Rachel, last week I had said, isn't she a little innocent in the drinks because she looks like she... Didn't get that Kirsten was jealous. There's nothing innocent about it. There's nothing innocent, because when Sandy describes what's happening, and then Rachel says, uh, pitches him like, the bluffs are the most important part of the wetlands, and blah, 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 and the Newport group are coming after him, and it's got to be you. And he goes, that's unethical. And she goes, nah. (laughs) Classic Rachel retort. (laughs) She said the client said they don't care, but that doesn't mean it's not unethical, right? Uh Aren't there other ethics greater than the person who wants Sandy? And also, I believe this is the part where Rachel says something uh, along the lines of, we would be breaking up like the most iconic, like the definition of what this entire society means if we break up the wetlands. Mm -hmm. But what happens if Sandy takes the job at the wetlands? He breaks up the most iconic, like the wetlands is in like cahoots with the rest of the community like it everything doesn't exist without the wetlands ecosystem ecosystem and what is the most important ecosystem on the oc mike it's kirsten and sandy and And so they're breaking it up no matter what happens rachel's trying to break up their wetlands and create her own wetlands if you get what i'm saying i'm not sure i do please explain the kids at home will explain it oh okay so i don't know the hip lingo there's wetlands herons there's swamp roses there's bugs that you're supposed to not stomp on there's occasionally Mike hiking and shitting himself. The wetlands have it all, Ryan. And that was another thing that, uh, going back to the swamp robes. Uh-huh. Rachel says, what do you want? Do you want your sex life or your swamp robes? It feels like those are two of the same thing. Like, Rachel's making a weird innuendo there. Is she calling herself the swamp rose? Because th- that's half more self-respect than that, I think that, she's lady. naming her genitalia. Her Georgia she- O'Keefe? <laughs> Georgia O'Keefe. And she's named it the swamp rose. Well, she's just letting him know if he's going to go down there. It is flavor country. It's a bit. So wait, it tastes like Marlboro it's cigarettes. A bit swampy. <laughs> Swamp rose. And then we're gonna have to take a break. But so Sandy does not tell Kirsten right away because that's what you do on a show. You just don't tell all secrets. But also, the next time they see each other is super late at night or super early in the morning, right? Uh huh. Or in the middle of the afternoon, or dusk, or afternoon. Didn't have time. I don't. I. For I think having some alone time to think about a giant situation is okay. Maybe I'm a bad partner. Unfortunately, a newspaper exists. But the goddamn, that rag, the OC Weekly. That tabloid. It can't be the Weekly, right? They they don't get free papers at the Cohen's house. It was the OC Times. It's the Register. The Register Times just sold it out, and their witty headline was, he's got to choose the Swamp Pros and say goodbye to his sex life. What do you think about Register Times as the name of my attorney? Register Times Attorney at Law, you're not going to settle ever. You're going to win every fucking case. 
But we're going to get back. We are not done with the Coens. We're not fucking done. We are, we're going to talk about the kids so little because this, this episode is all about Kirsten and Sandy and the shit they go through. A fine romance with no kisses. A fine romance, my friend. This is, we should be like a couple of hot tomatoes. But you're as cold as yesterday. We're back! We're back. All right. When we left off, Sandy had not yet told Kirsten that his firm was going to be attacking her and her father's company. And you were backing up Sandy like you do because he's a male and you defend them always. And you never see anything from Kirsten's point of view. That's not true. Kirsten comes out on top in this show. I think, oh my God, damn it. This has been our running theme, but Kirsten is just the best character in the history of TV. She is. How come I didn't notice this in the other seven times I've watched this show? Because you were young and dumb and you were were just immature. I agree. You didn't respect her yet. Right. But now you, you're older, you're wiser, you see, you see women as people. She has a couple of weak moments coming up, but that's like season three, late season three. Should we get into late season three right let's now? Just, let's just season jump Season three, ahead. episode 17. I've got some things to say. I have thoughts. Um, but I do also agree with your thing about how Sandy should be able to have a couple of hours of think time mm-hmm. to do this best without like just hoping and praying that... The papers don't give the papes. The papes give and her the, wife the dirt. He was gonna tell her, and then she makes him a sack lunch just so she can throw oh, it. Oh, and his she throws it so fucking good. head <laughs> because she found out, and she goes, "Now the whole community knows we're fighting." Behind the curtain. Behind. Are you ready for a segment called Behind the Curtain? I would love it. Show a little leg. So I watched the show with my wife now, and because she always thought it was a stupid thing that I liked because I was a kid, mm-hmm. and now she knows it's the best hit Fox summer show of all time. And Kirsten starts this scene where she finds out what Sandy, the case that Sandy's about to take Mm -hmm. by throwing a lunch at him and then leaves in such a way where my wife says, I wish I could fight that eloquently. The way that Kirsten keeps her head, like she is so focused and so cool, so down to earth that she understands who Sandy is. Mm-hmm. She's going to pout a little bit. That happens towards the end of this episode. But she knows that she knows who Sandy is, and she says, well, I just have to go make this good with my dad and my job. Right. And I can see how maybe the argument is maybe she's more daddy's girl than, like, wife mm-hmm. of Sandy. But the way that she is always thinking about everything instead of letting emotions fly like crazy is right. why I love Kirsten to my core. And at no point in that fight did she be like, and when we were kids living in Berkeley, you made me buy all the Diet Pepsi. Which is Sandy's go-to. He, Sandy lived in a truck that was made of Diet Pepsi, uh-huh. which is hard to drive. And he made Kiki buy all that Diet Pepsi. But she didn't even bring it up. Not once. She just kept the fight on now, on here. Sandy le- or Kirsten left her father's money behind when she was at Berkeley, except for one card for a Shell station. And she bought so much Diet Pepsi at that Shell station. Caleb thought she was going to have diabetes. Yes, that's too much Diet Pepsi. And she went, no, Daddy. Well, it's It's just for my rastabout boyfriend's pickup truck that runs in Diet Pepsi. Pepsi is diabetes. Diet Pepsi is leg cancer. Oh, you're correct. I forgot. I forgot the... The formula of what sodas to what diseases. And then Red Bull either gives you boobs if you don't have them or takes away your boobs if you do. Yeah, it's one, It's it's very... How div- does Red Bull know? It's versatile. Yeah. It knows. It gets in there and it knows. It's like a thermos. I'm going to keep your uh, like coffee hot but your water cold? How do you know, thermos? What How do you, do you do know? With thermos? thermos is just like a little tiny house because houses, good houses like insulation keep you cold or warm. I... Uh, I once took to work to my construction site where I work. I'm a construction man. You, you get a metal pail? Tell by my uh, build. I had a thermos of gazpacho for my lunch, and the thermos knew, wait, this is soup, but it's supposed to be cold. You know what? I'm going to keep it cold. He, but, he kept it cold for me. Because a good thermos would have been like, but gazpacho is disgusting. Do you know what's good? Warm tomato soup. Also, I made you this grilled cheese, Ryan. I am sentient now. Cold tomato soup. That's what gazpacho is? Yes. That's just a Bloody Mary. You throw a salary and some vodka in that, you got a fucking hot gazpacho. Well, I guess if you put some hot sauce in there, too, then you got a hot gazpacho. And it's hard to know what you're talking about, because is it hot because the Tabasco? Is it hot because the microwave? Who knows at this point? Why do words mean more than one thing? In this economy, it's so crazy. It's not even a homophone. No homo. 
uh, Kiki throws that. So Sandy, so that they, we leave them for a while, but they've they're both adults. Sandy comes home with a big fucking bouquet, uh-huh. and Kiki is in their hot tub looking at a gorgeous sunset. You could tell it was even prettier, but it's like deep blue, just orange on the horizon. And they're like, what do you call that? That like waterfall pool? Infinity pool? Infinity pool that just spills out into nowhere because you live on the coast? She's in a minfinity pool because the hot tub just spills into the pool that spills into the coast. Yeah, and she, uh, you can tell because she's only knee deep. She's in her shinfinity pool. It only goes down to that. I'm out. I'm out on, I'm out on that. You don't want to do another 12 minutes you, of this shit? Are. Well, I guess if she had a sister who looked exactly like her, that would be the twinfinity pool. Yeah, and then also she's she has that hat in her head, so she looks like Jaws, so she's just swimming around in her finfinity pool. <laughs> but then she knows there's some dirt, so she has to go get the chim chimney chim chimney chim chimney pool. And then she's also wearing that uh, shark hat on a raft with a slave in her finfinity pool. I was choked. You win. You fucking win. Okay, Are you thank happy you. Now? I just want that. Yes, of course I'm happy. And so Sandy does a callback, and this time it works because she's drinking a big fat wine. She's listening to music. Oh, she's Kirsten's drinking a big fat wine. Should we pay attention to that? Kirsten's drinking future? a big fat wine. Is that season three, episode 17? That may come into play soon. Uh, and this definitely, this episode and that scene gave birth to Tammy Coach's Hey, y'all, <laughs> before she goes, chucks all that wine. As opposed to Friday Night Lights? Yes. Okay. But Tammy and Kirsten would be the best of friends. They're, they're oh, similar God. DNA is what they I'm would saying. Dish. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say dance. Like, okay, I guess. They would probably do the hey y'all shuffle. Yeah. Uh, but Sandy says, I was going to bring you a bouquet of swamp roses, but apparently they're endangered. And this time, Ryan, it sort of works. Yes. Okay. And so this is what me and you and Sandy do is <laughs> say something stupid and that you think is going to be clever and it does not work. And now you're in a fight. And then double down on that thing later, praying to God that it works this time, and sometimes it does. Oh, I don't get relationship. What she didn't see is that he had to go back on the dining room table. If that joke didn't work, he had to leave. Just live with Jimmy. Or just look. They have to look each other in the eyes as he just chops off his pinky. That's how marriage works. All right. Strike two in one night, that's a pinky. It's strike gone. two. Marriage is hard. Yeah, no. Two strikes? Well, in, tw- in a 24-hour period. Okay, that's fair. Right. That's less than baseball players get. Strike three in that same day, you have to eat your pinky. Okay. You know what you put. Are in we your gonna go body. over strategies of <laughs> eating pinkies? Yeah. Do you do you fry it up on a pan? Do you put it in a George form? Do you boil it like just to make it noodly and swallow it real easy? I would take uh, the advice of the person who I know is the best at eating pinkies and uh, eat a little uh, white ball and then turn it blue and then you can eat your pinky, your stinky, uh, and your blinky and then you can get all the dots in the meantime. That is good advice. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Kiki. Kiki wisdom. Can we get into this, fucker? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. Because after Sandy gives her the flowers, makes his fucking joke, he goes, I've been pissing you off for years. Why stop now? She says, we'll get through this. There's a reason we're together. And then they have, they don't show it, but we all know, hot tub sex. Oh, man. Sandy went down to the swamp bros for sure. <laughs> Until there's, again... The whole thing bookends double phone call. And can we get to the moment? Let's get to the moment. This is the musical moment, right? Thank you. Let's talk about it. The magical music moment of this week. So typically the OC gives us all of the hippest, hottest bands that you've never heard of from 2004 to, no, 2001. Uh-huh. Um, of like emo crap that you don't care about. But Sandy walks in the backyard and Kiki is blaring Solomon Burke. And it's big. And he knows what's going on the second he hears the music. Because... If it was Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. or if it was U2, or if it was uh, Tony Bennett, he would know the sort of time that Kiki is having in the jacuzzi, but it's Solomon Burke, and so he knows that flowers aren't going to do anything. Solomon's already here, and so he's going to come out, and he's going to do his due diligence because he's Sandy goddamn Cohen. Yeah, well, well, what, uh, paint a picture for the people who don't know the gr- work of the great Solomon Burke. What, what does that mean? It's big... And loud and soulful. Not loud like death metal. Mm-hmm. Although a death metal cover of Solomon Burke would be great. But this is a soul singer from back in the days. And it really stands out because it, this is not the music that the OC usually right. plays. And it's is that it's basically musically letting us know she is in the middle of getting over it. Things will be better, but she's not there quite yet. Yes. And in the meantime, Sandy walks out and says, oh... 
I know what it means when there's solo man. Solo man. Sandy right now is a solo man, and he has to figure out how to reconnect this shit. But he doesn't want to be a solo man like his sort of bud, Jimmy, over on the other side of the tracks. Absolutely not. Is that a segue? Are we done with Perma Solo? No, we're not fucking talking about okay. Jimmy tonight. You start talking about other characters. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. No, that, that, that's how the adults get through their problems, but we are going to transition to Marissa and Ryan. How do little kids get through their fucking problems? Okay, I don't even know where Lay to start. Lay out the picture. Start from the beginning. What are the, what are the problems? First day of school, let's remind everybody again, that's what's going on in the kids' world. So to ruin Marissa and Ryan's plans, things that happen are Dr. Kim as we've hinted at, is manipulative and says, this is your life. You have so much to think about. Don't you want to be involved? So you you think that Dr. Kim is taking a step too far forward with Marissa's life? No, I get her reaction, but it's that she doesn't hear Marissa at all. And Marissa's like, here's the things that happen. And it does just seem like Dr. Kim's like, but the school needs a good carnival. That's the thing is that adults know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dr. Kim may be paying attention to the carnival more. But adults know that all teenagers make it out of this kind of stuff that they're right. going through, so they sort of belittle it. But also, some teenagers don't make it out of this yeah, stuff. I, I, I actually really do like Dr. Kim. She just hasn't, doesn't have the best bedside manner. She's a little brusque, and some of these kids need that, but then she does it to our kids who need Right, and that's fucked up, and you, do not, no, you do not say that to our kids. You're kidding me? Motherfucker. And Luke and Ryan are in homeroom and just like make weird eyes at each other. It's not horribly awkward. Right. It I do Luke feels like shit. And that is evidence because when he the the kickoff carnival meeting ends and Luke finds her because she's been running away from him, he showed up at her goddamn house the morning of school and the ballsiest Jimmy has ever been because okay. he's dealing with a seventeen year old. You said you didn't want to get to Jimmy Cooper, but real quick. Luke shows up at Jimmy Cooper's apartment and says Come on, Mr. Cooper, you know me. And you know what it's like to be in the dumps. Don't finish it. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Cooper plays his conversation with Luke perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think he's such a good dad in this moment of knowing what's the cool thing to say and the right thing to say and only caring about Marissa. Right. And not taking it so far that he like threatens to fight Luke. Yeah, because he would get demolished. Luke's a big dude. But he's Hercules. Wouldn't Hercules win? He doesn't have those powers yet. It's like when Hades stole the powers. That all was great, and this is like Jimmy Cooper's most like rewarding moment of uh-huh. the series so far. But then Forever. he walks back in, knows Marissa was listening, and takes like the smirkiest eat shit grin bite of cereal I've ever seen. Like, what are you trying to rub this in for? Your daughter is so thankful about what yeah. you just said to her ex-boyfriend. He's like, He's like right. uh, look what I did. I'm Jimmy Cooper. Because Jimmy did mostly stop maturing at 20. Yes. He just hasn't grown up. The look on his face is disgusting. It's he is so yeah. That's you do that. Marissa leaves, then you do that alone, and we yes. wouldn't hate you for it. Go look in the mirror and eat cereal in the mirror, which is something that we all Just do. Totally normal. Take your shirt off and eat cereal Just in the eat mirror. Cereal in the mirror. Go you fat, fat, fat. You need this cocoa puffs and give yourself <laughs> and smirk at yourself. Don't do that in front of your daughter. You did what you were supposed to do, not something special. Because that smirk also means he's gonna fucking wank himself off later, and your daughter doesn't need to see that smirk. Although Jimmy Cooper is the kind of guy who. Will somehow stumble into a way where his daughter's watching him. He's a up. bumbling bumblefuck, that <laughs> kid. But anyway, uh, so Luke comes and says, uh, "It's told by Jimmy Cooper, get the fuck out of here." GTFO. And so he then finds a chance, and this is Ryan and Marissa date time to get in with mm-hmm. Marissa and talk to her. And this is so their date time. Ryan's not soccer yet, right? He's coming to meet Marissa after her thing, mm-hmm. and he was just reading a book because Seth and Anna ditched him. And he was like, you never told me about summer reading. And Seth was like, I'm Seth. I don't do anything for other people. And danced away. You know who's the best at summer reading? Anna. She really knows what's she going knows on with exactly that girl. She knows exactly what's going on with summer. Uh, and then it's the, the biggest TV hack. And it sucks because if Ryan stayed for one more second, he would have seen Marissa tell Luke off. Oh, my God. Eavesdrop misunderstanding. Are you kidding me Luke right ap- now? Is this Three's Company? There's like nine of you. Luke apologized, and Marissa went, no. No part of Marissa. He's like, I miss you. She's like, yeah, I get that. We were together for a long time. I miss you, too. But fuck that shit. So Marissa does everything right. Everything right. She hears her ex-boyfriend out. Um, She sits there, and then she stands up for herself and Mm -hmm. says, you know what? If I didn't catch you, I would have loved you, too, today. And then tells him to kick rocks. Kick rocks, Luke. And then Ryan does not save for the conversation, no. does not trust Marissa, declares Marissa not telling him about Luke a lie, which is not really a lie. Marissa has some sort of witch powers and knows a closing door means Ryan had been here. <laughs> yes. 
I smell leather cuffs. But it happened on the OC, so I love it. And then Ryan goes out and uh, really injures Luke. Oh, yeah, I think you're skipping a lot of stuff here. But Ryan has a really severely bad 15 minutes of this episode. Yes. Summer gives terrible advice and tells Marissa to never tell the truth, basically. It's not... I don't know, man. But no, no. Is this lying? No, no, no. It's. I mean, it's. if you were in a relationship, it's lying by omission. I think Summer's advice at face value is don't tell the truth ever. That Summer is still a little shitty. Marissa's... When you're entering new relationships, especially as teenagers, there's going to be some baggage and shit you have to deal with. There's no clean breaks. For Ryan, just expect her to never look at Luke again at this tiny-ass fucking rich school is insane. He's going out of his... I'm just saying it's bad advice for someone to say never tell the truth ever. I don't think so. I think that... I thought that you were getting to the correct point, which you should have said, and I wish you did, and I'll say it for you now, is that Summer is right. Don't... It's none of his business. It's, you guys are not together yet. But she also says never be honest. That is a direct quote. You don't need to say that. That's insane. NBH? NBH. I thought that's the rules we live by. That's the rules Summer lives by, which is not good. I think that Marissa, knowing Ryan as little as she does, if she were to tell the truth, it would go bad. And if you don't tell... Well, yeah, he's thirsty. He saw Luke talk to her once and sprinted after her. And if you say nothing about it, there's a really good chance that, although Marissa did know the magic door that closed was Ryan, so she should that should have yeah, been a clue. I, I, I agree that... I'm just saying Summer gave the advice poorly. I'm Marissa, totally in the right. I, both of those things can be true. Never be honest is bad advice, but... Summer or Marissa can deal with her past shit, and it does not affect Ryan, and he's being a little whiner pants about it. And then so he joined the soccer team, had one good practice, and then went there, cut a bunch of guys who seemed to not really care about that, and then tackled Luke immediately. Hardcore. Can we get to our uh, new segment? What's the new segment? Comet Connections. Comet, 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 comet connections. I hope that that little uh, theme song plays every time we do this. I think it will. So in every episode of the OC, on the OCD, we like to talk about the comic book connections because, Mike, you and I are super comic book fans. We are uh, hosts of a show. Co-hosts. Along with Taylor, who um, talk about TV shows based on comic books. Tonight's comic book connection, hmm. the coach of the soccer team, played Thor in the 1986 oh, Incredible shit. Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk Returns. Was that... I was, no, that's a Matt Murdock thing. I was going to say, was the Hulk defending him on trial? No, that's they a different... Fighting? Back in the day, like a show would get canceled. Mm -hmm. Like Nobody's watching The Incredible Hulk anymore, so I guess we'll just make TV movies that nobody would yeah. watch. And then they just started ripping off some of those, and Matt Murdock was the star of one, where yeah. he just did the black... Uh, bandana around his eyes. I remember that because somebody went, oh, do you know the color green? And he like smirked and went, I know green. It's because they didn't know how to show the blindness and how Daredevil sees, so everything would go into green radar mode. And that's how he knew green. That's how he knew green. But can you see this? Looking at the soccer coach, can you see like 10, 20 years ago? Thor in the 80s? How could, he yeah, could have been a bit be of a Thor. Thor. I will always remember him as the guy who showed up at Dan Connor's birthday party and beat the shit out of D Dan. wanted to fight him, but Roseanne was trying to stop him. And why would he do that to Dan? Uh, he was just he wanted on cool. Roseanne. He had just played Thor, and so he was like, "Oh, I, I do whatever I one with my bar. hammer." And he's yeah. like, "This is you're on the wrong studio." He's like, "No, I'm not." They were so professional on the original run of that show. They were they could just ad lib that kind of shit, right? And then we never heard from them again, thankfully. Luke, we're in Luke rehab number nine. Luke rehab number nine, and he, I think, he is trying his little dick off. He wants so badly. He helped Marissa escape by really not getting in her way. Last week, we had the step aside, yeah. take the stairs. Big Luke rehab. And this, he doesn't come back after Ryan, at least not yet, because at the carnival, Ryan sees Marissa, and they're trying to make up, and she's like, nah, peace, bro. I don't want anybody who's angry like that, which is not, she's completely right. Ryan's being a little-ass baby. Instead of Marissa choosing Luke or Ryan, Marissa chooses Marissa. Marissa. And she hops on that Ferris wheel alone. Or I guess Summer's supposed to be there. But Luke sees Ryan see Marissa at the carnival. And this he, is a big moment. And he's physically in his way because that's how walking works. He right. didn't try to get in his way. And Luke just like looks sad and goes, verbosly Lee? And Ryan makes he, eye contact as much as Ryan is capable of doing mm -hmm. to Luke and apologizes, apologizes. for what Oh, happened. yeah, he does apologize. And then Luke sadly lets him go. And Ryan hops on that Ferris wheel, and it has been set up when they were good. He would go on any ride with her, save for the Ferris wheel. He is afraid of heights. And I'm not feeling too bad for Luke, because I know 
12 other rehabs are coming for Luke mm-hmm. in the future. But the other thing, too, is that I think that Marissa Cooper is the hottest girl in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't look like Luke in high school. He's not free to go destroy. As we've been told, he was getting with chicks from Marina, from UCI. Holly's so, defense what, to Marissa was like, he bangs everyone, so it's fine. Yeah. Also, yeah, what... What does that say about you, Holly? Have some self-respect. But this is the, this is where we get to the point where Ryan and Luke are the same. Just big, dumb jocks. Just Yeah, just big, dumb, dumbs. Who are so lonely. And Luke doesn't get what he needs from relationships when he just goes and does one-night stands. I right. think that's what we're seeing. And then also, Ryan has a moment on the campus where he looks around and just watches relationships happen. Mm-hmm. And he's so Like, he's not involved he's so with lonely. anything, whether soccer or Anna or Comic Book Club or Marissa. And yeah, uh, Seth is now part of the literary club, and then... He's got his women. He's got his women, and Sandy's like, his women? Seth? Count? And they step on that, and he's like, ah, things have happened in the day. But the, one of the best moments, and it's because uh, Ryan physically assaults Luke on the soccer field, Sandy and his talk is brutal and fucking great. When Sandy like gets in his face about it, and he's like, it's not just suspension, man. If you make one mistake, if we make one mistake, we could lose you. And it's so clear he doesn't want to lose the better son. And it could because he goes, I hear you're good. Seth's not a sports guy. I would love to watch you play, which I've been told by people who have good relations with their dad and are good at sports that that's a meaningful thing. Their dad's come to watch them play. And from all of your parents, how unmeaningful you are because yes. you can't play sports. We have to go watch your band thing? I guess. Right. There's sports around that, right? You're in a knitting comp- competition? I guess I, I guess we'll go watch. Yes. But I knit so good, Daddy. You do, you do knit good. Thank you. You said it. He never could. We're going to take a little break. But when you come back, we're talking about Seth and his world. So And his women. Anna is back in town, which makes sense because school is here. But Seth seems so surprised to see her. Like she would just sail away, never to be seen again. I wonder what happened here as far as like BTS goes. Mm -hmm. Did Anna, the actress, have to go away for a while? Did she have a TV movie to shoot? Yeah, is there some sort of lifetime? Another contract going on? Like, or. Did they think that, uh uh-oh, we don't have enough characters? Or was this all planned, that Anna would go away for five episodes and then come back? If it's planned, it's fucking perfect. It really is. Because Seth and Summer were getting there. For for them to not be there at all, and then Anna be gone, and they were getting there, and then be like, nope, spoke in those wheels. It's fucking awesome. Because they were also back into the world where they both don't, like, Seth wishes it could be back to how it was at the end of the hot season, but... Summer's like, nah, but now people who know me know you, so we're not talking at all. And I think that Anna is one of the best examples of all time of how this is the most economical TV show uh-huh. ever. Uh, because when Anna left last time, I believe it was Cotillion, she had to fly back to Pittsburgh, and now she is here for the school season. You could argue that Seth and Anna would become the best of friends, and that was it, period. Mm-hmm. But in this one episode, she comes back, they are stoked to be with each other, Anna develops a crush on Seth and then starts to help him thinking that it will move her closer to her and then goes so far as to have a conversation with Ryan Atwood about it. That's not who you go to, but she does and then makes her move and then is rejected all in one goddamn hour, Mike. And it's so, so, yeah, because it was was real Anna catch-up. She's almost, you feel as much as you do for the main four kids in this hour because... The it's so sad and so high school in like the sweetest way of I like this guy. I'm going to help him with this girl and then he'll see how much better I am. Honey, honey. I know that's a condescending term of endearment, but honey, no. So which condiment- and Ryan goes, honey, which condiment is Anna? Is she ketchup or honey? She's she's honey. What's Anna ketchup? What is that? This uh, this show is great at rehab. We're on Luke number nine and Jimmy number four, and like it's doing good. But did this show 
Summer started off as like a background character. Uh-huh. Might as well be Holly. Holly minus at first. Holly minus at first. And did the show did such good rehab on Summer to this point that were you feeling bad for Summer? Like, for- were they being mean to Summer after everything we've been to? We went to TJ and back. Were they being the show or Anna and Seth? Anna and Seth. But it's because Anna's not wrong that Summer is treating him like shit. And Summer thinks she's doing it in a fun way. But it is meaner than when it's just Summer and Seth. And we know that Summer has read, what did she read? Like, Madame Bovary. Madame five Bovary times. five times. We know that Summer is more than hair and lips and boobs like Anna thinks of mm-hmm. her. But Anna... I can't tell if Anna is helping Seth or hurting Summer. And I've never looked at this episode this way, but like right. I'm starting to feel like they're they're well, bullying Summer. I think it is hard to purely help somebody if you have a crush on them. I dude, are we talking is it time to show some leg? Like every time you help me move or something, it's just you just show some leg. staring at me, dreaming uh, about me. Uh in high school, there was this girl who everybody had a thing for and in we had like a she was a grade or two below me and there's a, a mentor thing a big brother little brother sister thing and i was her mentor person so i got to know her pretty well and knew that she was shy more than stuck up which is a lot of people accused of her but she sort of dated a friend of mine and eventually i was like dude cut just bail because the thing she's saying she's not into you i also had a giant crush, a crush on her, on her yeah. and so i was just trying to think about him but once he found that out i think he would have been my best man at my wedding. We were very close in high school, but it's one of those things. Was where that like, the last time you saw? It? Surely that's a little fight, and then just separates for years. The actors, yeah. Did you like? I I do think even if you're trying in your heart of hearts, you think you're helping somebody. If you also have feelings for somebody, it's gonna cause some fucking weirdness. But that's the crazy thing about this goddamn greatest show of all time is that for the first half, I thought that Anna only had like. Genuine intent, yeah, for for like helping Seth. Like, I want you to hook up with Summer because I don't give a shit. You're my friend. This is what you and want. I think in Cotillion, it was that, and in this, I think she realized how much they jive, how much they like weird zip up, not sports but sport coats, and and Ryan does. Ryan's very intuitive from time to time and sees it instantly because I think when you're head over heels, you fuck game recognizes game. Yes, and absolutely. Just sees it in Anna because she's thirsty too. That's a thing that we saw with Ryan looking around the campus and just seeing romance no matter mm-hmm. where he looks and then sees it in Anna as well. And I bet Ryan saw it before Anna did. Right. It's just an Atwood thing. Because Anna does, in the beginning, she's like, you gotta, you gotta do this. Girls don't like to be chased by somebody who wants them. And Seth, I think, do you think Seth had some great zingers in this? And one of them is, that sounds like a game. I don't like games. Unless it's Saturday night and it's Jenga or Magic the Gathering. I love Magic the Gathering. But first of all, the only person who said they don't like games is the one that likes games he the most. He fucking loves games. And all people in this episode, every single goddamn character, and this is an episode without Julie Cooper, loves games and they're all right. playing them to a certain extent. And I'm including adults, and I know we've moved uh-huh. on. But Kirsten and Sandy and Jimmy are playing games as well. A perfect game here is uh, Anna saves Seth a seat. Seth says thank you. Summer comes in late, and Seth goes, here, take my seat. And Anna's like, motherfucker, one, that's not how you play the game. Two, I save the seat. And so Anna doubles down the game and says, share my seat. So our little side butts get to touch. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of that science class of Summer being like, because this is why you said maybe they're bullying Summer, which could be true. But she also goes, hey, Seth. You're a big fat nerd, right? And you like to write reports and do all the work? Want to be my lab partner? Her pitch is, do all my shit, please. That's a bad pitch. And maybe one could argue she's a 16-year-old protecting your heart and doesn't want to say, I want to spend time with you. One could argue I'll be the one. But could I talk more, Ryan? But it's also I could see from the other angle, that's taking advantage of somebody in Anna's point of view. Sure. Okay. But I think that Anna can see Summer on the surface and then Summer a little deeper. Mm -hmm. And... Or maybe it's just us looking at Summer now at this point. And maybe it's because we have seen Summer season two, three, four. Right. Maybe. But what's great about this episode and this particular like love triangle Zing-zang. is because we have seen Summer burning people mm-hmm. for nine episodes, ten episodes straight. Like Summer always has the best call. And when it comes to Anna, she's like, she doesn't well, know. Maybe, maybe you're dumb. Well, it's because I, I think it's Anna sp- doesn't act like the other girls in Newport. She doesn't know how to deal. Summer knows how to deal with dudes who she she thinks wants her and girls who she thinks could be competition. Anna is a different breed. She doesn't know how to deal with her at all. And it tongue ties her, which is fucking fascinating. 
Can we get to a new segment, Ryan? Yeah. You think you're so great, but you're so 2000 and late? Okay. They're playing skee ball. They're all at the carnival now. Oh, boy. Ryan hasn't met Marissa yet. Uh huh. And they, Seth, they're like, oh, if I win, I'm going to do this. They're trying to bet. They're being flirty. And Anna gets a pure thousand points. And Seth goes, oh, I didn't know you were a lesbian. I didn't know you were a lesbian. What the fuck? So, you, who ha- is clearly a heterosexual female, is does good at sports. And in this case, the sport is ski ball. Uh huh. I didn't know that you were a lesbian. It it Sethala. feels very 2003, I guess, but it is cringeworthy. Yeah, it was rough. He's because this isn't Luke or one of the water polo dudes. This is one of our heroes. And the, I think it hurts the most because one, we see ourselves as Seths, mm-hmm. even though we are actually Ryan's, and we just beat people up. And in I think we were, we were probably slightly gross in 03. No, I was fine. You were disgusting. Um, but yeah, it was shocking now to hear that word come out. But I think it's also if they had built up a back and forth or a way, like if we trusted this show or trusted Seth to know he'll say shocking things because that's funny, it wouldn't be cringeworthy. If it was at Rachel and Sandy level, Rachel and Sandy right. like, have been building that rapport yeah, if this Sandy whole time. Yeah, said that's Rachel, that actually probably yeah. wouldn't bother me. It'd probably be hilarious. But dude, Seth, what are you doing, it, dude? Because then it would go into bullying. It might, he, I think for a second he did feel emasculated, so he dinged her. Can we get to a new segment, Mike? Please. Okay. It's called Minty or Minty. Uh, we we're going to take Seth's favorite word, Minty, uh-huh. which I thought meant lame or unfresh. Uh-huh. Is everything minty, right. unfresh, or mint tea, which Super is fresh, fresh. And then you have to pick, is it minty or minty? I like it. Um, but I just recently found out that in light of this whole ski ball incident, uh-huh. that minty means gay and not lame or unfresh. See, back when I was growing up, Minty meant lame. I see. That's not true. I'm just, that's a office quote. Is Seth a homophobe? But, because he is squirrely, that not as obviously homophobic as Luke and the water polo team. Do you buy that whole thing that, like, the bullied become bullies? Yeah. In their own, like, Oh, for sure. Look way? at any fucking nerds right now. And it's not, instead, the bullied become the heroes of the bullied? No, I think so many bullies think they're Batman and turn into the Joker. Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. Step on somebody's neck. I don't think we can play the new game, Minty or Minty. Even if we're taking it back? Okay, so we're going to take it back. It means unfresh. What's crazy, I did not know it meant gay. I've never heard it except for Seth Cohen saying it, and I always thought it just meant it was cheesy. That's what I thought, too, was cheesy, right? Having uh, pirates as your mascot is cheesy. Yes. But in Minty or Minty... That in this game, what I have is Seth calling Anna a lesbian. Is that minty or minty? Wait, now I don't know which one to answer. <laughs> it's so because it's 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 I don't like that now. It's gross. Okay, it's gross. The whole thing is gross. Can we move to a new segment? Let's move to a new, not a new segment. Welcome to the orange couture, bitch. The fashion of the OC at the time. Anna, who is not a lesbian and one of the greatest characters on the show, shows up to the kickoff carnival. And those two things are not mutually exclusive, right? But I'm just saying, like, we're not going to deride her. Right. Except for this part. Where's a black tube top with, uh-huh. like, long sleeves. Yeah. Have you, do you remember that from this era? It feels very uh, less high-end Gwen Stefani. Less like, high-end. Gwen could have pulled it off, but other people tried, and you realize, oh, it's only because she's Gwen Stefani. That's not a good look. So, Goodwill Stefani? Goodwill Stefani. It's not your fault, except it is. You went out and bought it. It is your fault. It I, is your fault. There's sometimes there's uh, fashions that I find crazy, like uh-huh. no one ever wore this, and because uh, no one ever looked that nice. And then sometimes there's fashions that no one ever wore this, because I can't believe I grew up in an era where somebody would wear this. I think so and much that of the stuff was insane. We didn't know each other when I was in high school because you were a full on adult. But I think so much of the stuff I wore would make you say that. But am I gonna see it on the OC though? No. It was too extreme for the OC. Anna is the closest. Anna and then Olivia Wilde are the closest to what I dressed like in high school. That's like every time you'll like you'll barely rollerblade off a ramp and you'll scream, too extreme for the OC. <laughs> yep, that's how I roll off that ramp, mofo. Ryan. Yes. Are, are you adding new segments? Yeah, those are my new ones. Those are your new ones? We all liked them. We'll see him again. Did we say everything we wanted about Seth and the ladies? Probably not. Probably not. But unfortunately, I think we have to get out of here. What? It's insane. Okay, I only have one last thing to say. Two last things. One, say them all. Um, 
I'll save a ride for you on the Ferris wheel. That's uh-huh. not a catchphrase. That's not a thing people say. Stop saying it to people as if, like, oh, that's very romantic. Any ride but the Ferris wheel. I've seen so many people in this episode say, well, I'll save a ride for you on the Ferris wheel. That's not a thing. It's not like, go tell it on a mountain. Oh, it's, it's not, not like, go thing. tell it on a mountain. <laughs> catchphrase everybody says. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is, is the OC the introduction of 16-year-olds drinking coffee? Because now it's commonplace. Oh. But back then... I think it was I think weird, so. but all of these kids are just drinking coffee. They wanted Minty to catch on, but instead it was drinking coffee. It was Seth uh, drinking coffee and reading paper, and Ryan going, and he's like, it's my morning ritual. And Ryan goes, very der- derisively, you have a morning ritual? And he's like, I've been cultivating it. Ryan rolls his eyes because that's a chump thing. It's what 16-year-olds are trying to find out who they are, and it's all very artificial. But to uh, announce that to the world, you a chump, son. But is caffeine good for them at that age? No, you shouldn't have caffeine until you're 25. That's when your brain stops forming. I'm on a lot of caffeine right now, but I'm allowed. I'm a big boy. I drink what I want. I think it's clear to everyone your brain stopped forming at 25. Way earlier. Way earlier, Ryan. Do you have other notes you need to burn through? No, that's it. Do you know what we didn't actually get through is the big Ferris wheel fucking scene. Oh, shit. This is... A lot of people think that Ryan and Marissa are macking, macking out. Mm Mm-hmm. Throughout the first eight episodes of this TV Not show. A, this is first kiss. But this is the Ferris wheel. This kiss, this kiss. And they go up. And what did you think of Ryan's performance of being scared of heights? Pretty good. Best H- acting. His apology for being a fucking dickbag for Full the whole on. episode. And she is she is swooning because she knows he's afraid of heights. He is obviously afraid of heights. And is spilling it. But she still wants to fuck with him because she shakes the. Yeah. In, in it, we've talked about bullying a lot this episode. I'm fully on Team Marissa for fuck with this guy a little. Yes, because we have Rachel doing what Marissa is doing to mm-hmm. a different relationship that she's not in, and that's messed up. But Marissa's doing this swingy thing, fuck with it, in a relationship that she is in. Right. And then that's perfectly fine. She shakes the cart like three times and doesn't notice like how much it freaks him right. out. And then sees it and, and then it does, does it three more, more times. And that's awesome. And then he like he babbles and he goes, I'm sorry, I just can't. Think and she goes, oh, let me take your mind off of it, and then they make out, which is it's very sweet and sexy, and I love them for it. But also, if I was in the middle of whatever my phobia is, the whole time I'd be like, this is nice. But we're still in the middle of the scariest thing in the world. Come it would on, not actually man. What me. is your phobia? Mostly Maureen. sharks. Sharks in the dark. Okay, so if you are on a Ferris wheel with a shark, don't make out with it. Good Thank advice you, from good Mike. Advice. Once advice. again, great advice. But for him to go all the way back around on the Ferris wheel. With the back half of him making oh, out with her. That was so And then say one adorably more time. Smooth. One more. Let, let me get one more ride. That is rom-com level that greatness. That is great. Also rom-com level greatness and why Anna rules and Seth drools is she paid the carny 10 bucks. That's all it takes for a carny. Most carnies I've known are high off their asses uh, to keep them stuck up there. Oh, yeah. Anna's a little cupid. She's flitting around. She's a little cupid. When that hits, I thought it was summer. And then it zooms down and it's Anna. I'm like, fuck Anna rules. But- Let's let's say this. Do not ever give a carny money and do not ever say one more time, let me go around, because they will kill you for heroin. Do not ever look a carny in the eyes. Okay, that seems uh, like the best advice I've ever heard, so we should say as much possible. Go tell that on a mountain. Good one. I'm saying. I'll save you a ride on the Ferris wheel. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, but I might vomit. Ryan. Yes. Say a website. YourPopFilter.com is the only website that you can go to to get every single podcast that we do, every article that we do, every live opera that we do, every aquarium building that we do, every vacuum cleaning that we do, every turkey stuffing that we do, every turkey drawing that we do. We draw a lot of pictures of the country turkey, and... Mm -hmm. They are only on your popfilter.com. Are you an Istanbul or a Constantinople kind of man? Oh, I think you already know the answer to that. Uh, if you like this podcast, the OCD, you know it comes out every Thursday. Next Thursday, I'm not going to tell you yet what episode we're talking about, but we also have other podcasts you should subscribe, rate, and review to. Every Monday, we do come out with Movie of the Year. The first season is 1999. We're trying to find the best movie of that very year. And we found it, and we've announced it. If you're listening to this, we announced it. No, so we did check not. This. We didn't announce that no. shit yet. Next week, we're announcing Next it. Next week, we are announcing oh, it. Oh, shit. So you should go back, listen to the penultimate for the first season, and then in a week comes out the next. And all the other ones. And all of the other ones. Sure. Well, you want to hear why that is the best movie, right. whatever it may or may not be. 
Tuesdays is Taylor Talking Taylor. So every once in a while, our good friend Taylor, host of the Superhero Hour Hour, will come out and discuss with you a different Taylor. His name is Taylor. Their name is Taylor. You're going to learn all about them and a little something something about him. Taylor Talking Taylor. Every other Wednesday, I sit down with a writer or three. They read their work, and then we dig into their process on writer's block. Every goddamn Thursday, the OCD is up! California! And every late Friday night, early Saturday morning, the superhero hour hour comes out. Taylor guides Ryan, myself, and our good friend Greg, who's also hosts Movie of the Year, through every single television show based on comic books that came out that week. And those are the Pop Filter Podcasts, but make sure you're also checking out the Unnatural 20s. Yes. Four of our bestest besties hanging out and talking about what it's like to be 20. I'm learning from them about what my future's going to be like. Yeah, someday you'll get there. You're, we're learning. And off off camera, off the vocal cameras, we're learning all the, the fleek words. Thanks for jumping in there, Mike. Low-key, hyphy, dad-ass. No, not dad-ass. Dead-ass? Uh-huh. I didn't understand half the shit they said. They're like from another fucking planet, but they do a good, they do a good job over there at the Unnatural 20s. Wow. <laughs> Patreon, Ryan. Hey, just so uh, the ladies of the Unnatural 20s know, I tried to and do that all on my own, and Mike really fucked that up. Uh, Patreon? Yes, please. Patreon.com slash filter. Go there to support us. You can choose how much you give us, and you will get a prize because of that. The more support you get, the better or the better the prize is for you or the worse the punishment, punishment for is us. for us. For sure. You nailed that one. Your pop, or Patreon.com slash filter. Follow us at your pop filter on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your pop filter. You know how those things work. End of ad. Ryan, YouTubes. Go to YouTube.com, search for your pop filter, and you will uh, see a ton of videos about us doing stuff. We're doing push ups. We're teaching you how to do sit ups. We're teaching you how to do a jump shot. We're teaching you how to shave your neck, but not your face. We're teaching you how to stuff a turkey perfectly. We're teaching you how to draw the country turkey but by placing your hand down on the paper and tracing your hand, but it comes out as the country turkey. That's we're, artistic. We're teaching you about all of it. Search for your pop filter on YouTube. Do you like shopping? No. Do Wait, you like shopping online? Uh, you're not even listening to me. You should go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that. That is now your new Amazon link. Nothing else changes. It is exactly like your normal Amazon experience. Except it does kick us a ducat or two with every purchase. It doesn't make it more expensive for you. It just helps out your lovely little friends at Pop Filter. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Are you confused about Yes. Like if she was just born like that? Is she's wearing makeup? Is she wearing makeup? Uh, how does she wake up? What does she look like? Maybe it is makeup. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybelline.com. Go there. I didn't even need to feed it to you, but that was the next thing. Mm -hmm. They're our biggest sponsor right now, Maybelline.com. They bash seals in the head. If they don't want us to say that, they could actually start paying us. You better fucking Maybelline.com. They hate seals. Are you Maybelline.com and want to get in touch with us? Email us, contact at yourpopfilter.com. Or if you want to yell at us, or if you loved and or hated this episode of the OC or the OCD, give us a little ring-a-ding, ding. At one five six two D R D J P O P. That is a robot associate. He is a doctor. He is a DJ. His name is Doctor DJ Pop. He'll put your voice on this show. One five six two Doctor DJ Pop. One of his hands is a baseball bat, and his other hand is a baby seal. That is. I mean, he has no other fucking alternative. If you make him happy, he's gonna start to clap. Don't make him happy. Don't make, don't the make robot him happy. mad. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. Next week on the OC. Let me guess. Drama. So much drama. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a little tease? Yeah, give me a little tease. Having chose Ryan over Luke, Marissa wants to make plans for their first romantic date together. While Ryan does not know how to behave for his first date, <laughs> Seth takes matters into his own hands involving getting to like Summer, but gets taken in with Anna, whom also develops feelings for him. Meanwhile, Ryan finds Caleb with another woman, that being Julie Cooper. Oh my goodness. She's back, baby! That's a bad episode, but ours won't be. Is that a bad episode? I think it's going to be a bad episode. Well, I was going to reveal a new tag, a new, new outro tagline, but it was going to be stay minty, so now I don't know how to end no, the don't show. Say that. It's, like, it's like saying stay gay. Wait. I'm but, fine with that. But you should. Okay, fine. This has been the OCD. Stay gay.
California. California.